I think we've all felt that there's a moment where it's just like, it's like you don't understand how I'm feeling. You're just you're just repeating a title, and you're just saying like I'm older than you. I'm your mom. I'm I'm your dad. I'm your whatever. You know, it's or just like I have a certain position that makes me a bit better than you. It's like, uh, you know, it's like I think like a lot of the time it's just like, dude, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. It's like, tell me how you feel and let me help understand what you're going through. And I, it's like, it's like you have you're not you're not in. The, I know it's not. It seems like a very frustrating or like crazy place right now, but I think I've been there before too. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Alpha Relations. My name is Luca and I'm here with Alex and Alan. Hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> and today we have ourselves a special guest. <laughs> He's got a background in photography, who works in youth work, he works at the CSU, and he has a background in culinary. Welcome, Melvin John Herbella. Ooh, hello, hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, Luca, for that big introduction. <laughs> It sounded like those wrestling matches where you hear like a little bit of the echo, echo. It was nice. I liked it. <laughs> it was good. Alex just saved it. the echo. <laughs> Makes me feel important. <laughs> All our All guests are important. important. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so for having me. Yeah. yeah well thank you for coming on um mm-hmm. to start off all our episodes where our guests we usually give them the floor to sort of talk about you know um your background academically and um how you got into the um ahsc hr program okay uh do i start all right um yeah my name is melvin i'm currently 29 years old and um how i got into the hsc program was actually um right after well the real reason was actually in my family there's only one person who went to university and that was my mom and so i figured more of us should go to university and i (laughs) have such a big opportunity here so i decided to go to university and i was looking at the programs and uh business was fun but i just didn't like that that super corporate profit side of things and uh, i really like I grew up in an area where a lot of NGOs are and, uh, and how they really help boost the community here. And I really love that. So also growing up in a church setting was really cool. And so I found a program that aligned with my values and I, I found um, HSC and university. And it was a good leeway from a, a program in Dawson called uh, Community Recreation and Leadership Training. Mm. And uh, I jumped off from there. And so I got my nut. Like I got a few credits off so <laughs> <laughs> I could finish university faster. I didn't. But it was a good way to get in there. And uh, I just love everything that you guys teach there in terms of like organizing systems and uh, just general organizations of small groups of people. And I thought that was really powerful. Um, And yeah. And also, to be quite honest, it was on my bucket list. So (laughs) (laughs) So that's my my third reason that I did it for myself. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Did you take a concentration, Odie? Um, I actually came into the program before there was any actual concentrations, okay. oh. but um, I came in um, with a full specialization. I I just wanted to like pour all of my credits into the program and mm-hmm. really get all of those crazy soft skills, um, which I think are super duper important in life. So, mm-hmm. and I believe they can take you anywhere. So, yeah, yeah, Very that's what well we always said. preach. That's the best program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So how do you know Alpha? If you give the maybe the listeners a little bit of a, some background of how you know uh, all of us from Alpha. Well, how I know you guys is actually uh, through Instagram. Well, per- I know most of you, actually all of you individually first. And uh, I only found out in like, Instagram during my last year in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, whoa, you guys are having this crazy initiative to really just get that the name out there and really like speak about like what we do because not many people do know and i really appreciate what you guys do so i got the, the burn to marketing from there and then i just like ever i just followed ever since oh, shoot. Oh, what oh it's wrong mm-hmm. oh no nothing okay it's all good ignore me so yeah that's how i that's how i uh i found out about alpha very very cool i remember uh kicking back with melvin like years ago in our summer course which was really fun so shout out to ron because that's where we Shout met. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what class was it? 
232. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 232. So it was, okay. a, it was a good class. You had a good tasks time? Tasks in small groups? That's what yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, so you had a good time, and Ron taught that in the summer, 232? Yes. Goddamn. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. actually, it was not long after the 232 class that I had my, like, photo shoot session with Melvin and my dog. So, I'm kind of, like, segueing oh, yeah. into our next topic. <laughs> but, yeah, so I was like, yo, Melvin... I remember Taking now. pictures it's of me a, and my dog. Such a while ago. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I used to like, um, actually before this, um, I used to have a small business where I actually gained a lot of like um, door-to-door selling skills. Mm-hmm. And I translated that into actually any opportunity I had to network. I actually carried it on a bunch of business cards with my name on it. And even before I had business cards, I used to get a deck of cards and write my name and my number. And just <laughs> give them out. Oh my yes. God. Right now. <laughs> I have one. <laughs> I have one. <laughs> Boom. But yeah, and um, I was always curious to do different kinds of photography and just a, just test out a variety of things mm-hmm. and see which one I really connect with most. At the end of the day, it came down to a bunch of event photography, mm-hmm. uh, party photography, and yeah, portraits here and there. But that's only when I really get creative with myself. But if anybody inquires about what the, they want, I'm more than happy to like help them out. That's so awesome. like, and yeah. If there's something fascinating or a story to tell, I'm more than happy to to jump on that project and see what we can do together. So yeah, right. holla at me one day if anybody's <laughs> listening to this. If you have a good story to tell or a really fascinating project, please let me know. Well, there you have it, friends. Uh, hook up for Melvin anytime or hit up Melvin, I should say. Yeah, okay. But um, so diving in a little bit more into photography, you already gave us a little bit of what types of photography that you like to do or that you do. But how did you get into photography? Like, what, what what's your background in that? Well, actually, all over, I don't, I'm not going to move my computer because it's, it's pretty stationary. <laughs> um, all over my room, there are photos of me back in 2016 with my family. Back then, I I was really dirt poor, you know, classic university student first year, <laughs> like negative money in the bank account, <laughs> and I had this uh, really crappy like iPhone five C that took like really mediocre photos, and I was not happy with the quality, and um, and I was like, man, if I want to remember all of these like memories and memories that are happening in these moments, I want to recollect those and if experience them again through a nice photo or at least in better quality that do has it justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So from there, I just started saving a little bit where I could. And um, I bought myself a nice DSLR. And um, I think the great thing about it as well was like I, I noticed like how these pictures and showing them back to my family really helped me connect and get closer with them mm-hmm. just by visiting memory lane. And I figured the same thing could happen in any relationship. So I started doing it with my friends. And just even the process of doing a photo shoot with somebody, it can give them so much confidence. Just Because they're, they're not used to people showing them what they look like through the, their own uh, friend's perspective. Mm-hmm. And so especially if you have a good eye for things and um, you're really like happy with the like the, the service and the products you give them, they're going to feel like extremely like like flattered and confident at the end of the day. And that's one thing I was like, Wow, this is really cool. Even if I did this for free, it was like it's such a great time just to put to go between us. Mm-hmm. I can attest. I can attest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Bumped into <laughs> this lovely gentleman not too long ago. You know, with uh, with my partner, and she just was like, uh, you're like well, you guys, you like we got some good lighting. What, you mind if I just work with something for a quick moment? You know, like yeah, sure. You know, get the camera. You know, says okay, let's try this up. You know, like look in that uh, that that direction. Sit over <laughs> there, and he just went to work. You know, so so spontaneous, and in the you know, just I think it's so cool how like I mean, you you just see it right before your eyes, you know, and just like you know what, I'm not gonna think about it, I'm going to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's very cool of you, you know, how how quick you are, you know, with uh, with your environments and just playing with it, you know. So and thank you for taking some beautiful shots. At Honestly, the same it's time. my pleasure, yeah. and I'm happy like I was there. And also, it's a good it's a good uh, photo for me to remember the moment as well. It's like I haven't seen you in how many like years? Oh, dude! Oh not my since, goodness, uh, way too long. Yeah, yeah, it has and been so, a while. That was yeah. really enjoyable. Although it was only five minutes or so, it was really really enjoyable. Yes, sir. Um. So, what would you say is your either your favorite or your strongest suit with like photography or just picture taking in general? Well, what do you mean by strongest suit? Like, uh... like, what are you really good at? Like, when it comes to 
being a photographer, let's say, like, what do you Mm. think is the thing you're like really good at? Well, I think the two main things that I'm really good at, I think number one is would be the, at the end of the day, I do think of it as a service more than a product than anything else. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the big thing that makes it much more valuable to more of my customer base. Uh, the people that I interact with is that I make it a service because mm-hmm. when I'm going to an event, a lot of people who hire like um, like photography uh, businesses, they just send a random guy and they pay him like whatever fifty in an hour and they send him in. He doesn't care. He's just there for the hour. So when I'm there at the event, I make sure um, I'm sort of like the eyes and ears of the event. I do report back and forth to like their event organizer, and I tell him like, "Hey, look, the the this this person's bumping. I think you might want to add him to your VIP list for the next event." Or it's just like you're kind of running out of alcohol or food over here, and there's a big group over there sitting down. I think you, might, you should go check up and talk to them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's small things like that that make your event be like be good to great. So I I figured myself I was like, I can offer myself not only as taking great pictures, but as an asset to an event to whatever vibe that it needs. Mm-hmm. So I think that's my biggest asset. And just like generally being like very kind. Uh, I think it's a oh, very overlooked thing. There's like so many shitty businesses out there. Where they just do whatever they have to do to whatever standard it is. But when you're on the job and you're, you're there and you're, you're there to impress and you're mm-hmm. like not only like on the camera, you're off the camera as well. So I think it's very important. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, kindness really goes a long way and although when we had our our little session like I already knew you like you just made me feel like very comfortable and like you were just so nice like with your directions it wasn't like anything aggressive like oh no don't do that it was just like maybe try this or you know like so I could tell how clients would gravitate or really enjoy the service that you provide yeah they're always just suggestions at the end of the day Mm mm-hmm yeah um, so you mentioned events. So if you can maybe tell us a little bit about the work that you've done. So specific events or clients that maybe like really stuck with you that you've enjoyed doing. Oh <laughs> <laughs> there must be a lot. <laughs> oh man, there's so go. many. Like uh, I all started in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just went literally door to door to every single club and student association that I can think of in my head. And I just scheduled it out of like, whenever I had like time off of class, I just went to the spot and just make sure they're in the room and just introduce myself and give them a card. Mm-hmm. And then uh, actually some of them bit. A uh, big one for me was uh, PSSA, um, the Political Science Student Association. Um, all the, like, he, the guy was like, he's like, I'll admit, like your photos are not like, the super best quality and like i understand you're starting off but I, when i see you on the at the any event you're always talking to the guests you're entertaining them and you're having a good time and it's quite memorable to have like someone like you versus someone who, like um i'm not going to name drop any bi- other businesses because i don't want to talk shit about the other people, <laughs> obviously but yeah they'll, they'll send people people and they'll just leave right away mm-hmm. and they won't really care about like I really do, I, I make sure whenever I take any photo, I always show them immediately after to make sure they're happy. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times when you go to a party and someone yeah. takes a photo of you, like one of one person is always just like, oh, oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, if, <laughs> you all know it, exactly what yeah. I mean, right? Yeah. So you got to make sure everyone is happy in the photo and making sure that everyone feels comfortable to tap you on the shoulder at, at the event. You don't, don't want to mm-hmm. seem like they're bothering anybody. Um so you want them to seem like you're their friend, <laughs> which you are at the end of the day, too. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. Um, and also, like, I started doing Reggie's as well. They bit a bit early on. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, hey, come to the thing. And uh, I really had a good time. I know they have somebody else there now. But uh, best of luck to them. And uh, really, you know, it's, it's been a great, great run um, ever since I graduated. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. I love that. um and then just lastly if you could talk to us a little bit about your process or like even like when you're taking the pictures or editing like what does your creative mind tell you well it always stems like my my drive in terms of like doing photography and well just general creative sense is very sporadic Mm -hmm. so it's just like if there is a moment that's why all it's at the moment now if there's ever i have a I, every time I leave the house, I take my phone, wallet, um, keys, and then 
also my camera. I always bring out a camera with me. So if there's any time I'm like, that looks beautiful, I will pro- I will probably just stop the car and take a photo of it. Or if I have a client, and usually when I'm on the road, there's always going to be an emergency client. Well, back in the day when everything was busy, <laughs> there was always be like this random client. He's like, hey, can you mm-hmm. come in two hours? I need something. And I'm like, I'm down. I'm more down. <laughs> so let's go. <laughs> and then just start going from there. But in terms of a process, it's my fault. Fo- well, my mentality towards my lifestyle towards it is just get it done as, as soon as possible because mm-hmm. uh, things just stack up so fast. And like there's a few things like one, be like be professional, be kind mm-hmm. and uh, be friendly mm-hmm. and um, always, always leave a good, always leave in good relationships at the end of the day. Think about that. It's just like even though if it doesn't work then. Um, you might be working together in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I don't know whether it's be photography or, or whatever, um, but who knows? Uh, and also, number two is just always do it as as fast as you can. Uh, of course, with good quality, do it as best as you can in in a, a reasonable time frame. That's what I suggest. And um, I think that's literally that's it's so simple for me. Like it's just. Just do, be kind and do it. Do it well, mm-hmm. and that's all, mm-hmm. reasonably that's in a reasonable advice. time. That's all it is, and it's just doing consistently. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's number three. That's the biggest one. Just do be consistent uh, with what you do, and I think that's how I got my following, and I, that's how um, a lot of people have referred me to other people because I was really I was consistently kind and consistently good. So mm-hmm. that's what it is <laughs> at the end of the day. It, yeah, this works good. with anything else in life, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and being kind is so big. I can't, I forgot which teacher it was, but there was one that always used to preach like, uh, it doesn't like no people don't remember what you're gonna uh, what you say in the moment, but it's in like years from now it's gonna be well you made them feel type mm-hmm. thing. So like being so kind is just so big for you know years from now too when people are just gonna remember like oh yeah Melvin you know, he was uh, he was like such a great guy he was so kind and all that you know so it's really how you make them feel at the end of the day that's yeah. that's so special. I remember I remember I it was um. Sorry, I'm sorry, the teacher. Uh, it was the blind guy. <laughs> it was no, no. <laughs> it was the blind teacher. He's amazing. He's amazing, though. I do remember his lessons, and it's. I actually do impart that to my events because a lot of times when people go out to a to a night, they're going out to have a good time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're there to provide that service to them. True. You, they want to have a good time. You give them a good time. Like like taking just taking a photo in itself is sort of like the same experience as buying a drink. Or whatever it is, it's like mm-hmm. you expect the drink to be good. If you mm-hmm. want, you expect the photo to be good. Like mm-hmm. the, everything, it's, mm. it's all That's part a good of way it. of looking at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the, the blind the blind guy would be, you know, our good sir, Doctor Farmer. <laughs> Doctor Farmer, yeah. <laughs> I apologize, Doctor Farmer. Oh my god, I actually <laughs> just got it. I heard the blonde guy, not the blind guy. Who's the blonde guy? I don't know. That's why I was confused. <laughs> We don't have a blonde hair teacher. Well, now that just male. makes this more Dude. awkward for me. Was Ola blonde? Oh no, Ola, Ola, Ola's a, Ola's a ginger. No, he's red haired. Yeah. That is so funny. Shout out to all profs, you know. <laughs> just yeah. Regardless, <laughs> all ages profs. At one point oh or another, God. they they have all sprinkled, you know, those magical words of be kind, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, remembering that 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 does leave a, a big uh, imprint, you know. Hundred percent. Solid. That's true. That's true. Um, so at the beginning, I mentioned that you were working at the CSU. So for the listeners, would you like, would you mind like uh, giving them a little bit of what the CSU is and uh, what your role has been as for uh, social media director? Oh, absolutely. Actually, when I first entered university, I didn't even know what the CSU was. <laughs> and I feel ashamed because um, there's just so many like acronyms of student associations out there. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know who the CSU is, the CSU stands for Concordia Student Union. Um, an actual part of your, your the fee that you pay to, to go to Concordia goes towards these guys. So your health, uh, some of your health insurance, dental, vision, and a, actually a bunch of stuff like even like um, like medication. It depends like what if you're a student at Concordia or even an international student. Uh, they're pretty much your rep- representative student union um, towards uh, Concordia administration. So let's say if you let's just say you get in trouble with it. But a teacher or any kind of problem, they have a service for rental, for law, for legal information, for anything that you can think of. So they're there to defend you and be your highest representative body at Concordia. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what the Concordia Student Union is. And um, I'm currently at the moment there as their social media director. 
And uh, what I do there is pretty much I take care of the main services, not main services. Uh, the, well, the, yeah, I guess, yes, the main, the main, main, main. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. We I got take you. care of the, the main social media at the, um, at the CSU. I have a partner. Um, I have a colleague there. Uh, she takes care of the services side. Mm-hmm. So I take care of their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter on their main pages. And um, I make sure all everything is consistent between all departments and all information that comes through to be outputted and then fed to the cortis in the body. Mm-hmm. So that's what I personally do. And then I coordinate uh, with like the, the comms department team in terms of graphic designers, marketing, and um, all the other departments who need to put some word out there. And uh, that's what I do. Mm, nice. Mm. What, what are some like things that you like and dislike about the CSU? Oh, man, I love, all to be quite honest, I love everything. Um, yeah. There's my entire, I was really nervous when I first came in because I was like, it's, it's CSU, right? So it's very much large part of it is like s- student politics at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And, um, but it's come to my realization that once you're a staff there, you're really like, you're working for, it's like working at the, the Gouvernement de Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, you're working for the government. You're just a staff. You're just making sure like, you're helping to organize to make sure all the information comes out efficiently and as digestible as possible for everybody and making sure it's like, okay, because at the end of the day, a student, when students come to the CSU, they're looking for a resource. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're looking for help. So it's like, it's my job to help them find what they're looking for and how the, like the perfect fit, you know, that's my job at the end of the day. Um, so that's, and if I had to say one like bad thing i guess it would just be just general like because there are there's this council representatives and there's executives they're all doing what they think is best for the student body and that they're representing the student body there and Mm -hmm. when these big meetings which anybody can participate in i really do encourage you to and also like they help create policies to help protect everyone so be part of your student body and and uh make concrete policies and things that you think is fair and how the direction where like the school's um some of its funding should go towards like let's just say mm-hmm. like uh you want to 2020 to be refunded because it costs too much because you're not actually going to the school <laughs> you know like um things like that and i i know they're trying to push for these things and like or whatever or whatever belief that you have um go to mm-hmm. them and i think it's a great place to start is that uh is that still on the table regarding you know <laughs> a part of 2020 being refunded even maybe for alumni here I'm not even, I don't know, perhaps. Um, it, if enough students push for it, and because um, they've, they've tr- honestly tried. They tried hard, but I get it. Everyone is just so overwhelmed with it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to really get, garner that attention and momentum. Um, so sometimes it just falls through. And uh, I know the university has been really adamant about like not refunding people, so mm-hmm. which really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry guys i know i'm laughing but i'm laughing out of nervousness it's, it's, it's a huge it's a huge entity so it's yeah. hard to go against yeah. that. all right so shifting gears a little bit mm-hmm. we're gonna go into a little bit of your culinary background um and just some of your experience that you have in culinary in the culinary world okay yeah i know we're just going through every single single part of my career path but, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I am honestly i don't like to think of myself as a jack of all trades, but it just ended up being like the way. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, um, I grew up from a like, lower middle class family and I re- started realizing like, you know, processed food probably isn't the best for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can't eat a cup of ramen hot dogs every day. So uh, I, don't, I didn't want to eat like that. So I, I figured, it was like, my dad makes delicious Filipino food with vegetables. And I was just like, I really like these experiences where I'm at the family's nice. dinner table and we're all eating together. Mm-hmm. And um, I also figured it would be a great plan B in case everything fell through. Um, that if, well, I wanted to be, I also watched way too much Kitchen Nightmares when I was in high school. <laughs> and so uh, that, that whole grounder of Gordon Ramsay being like, it's like, you idiot. Uh, but also like just the, the scale of the restaurant was just like fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I figured I was okay at making food at the time. Like, I made an egg. And I was just like, wow, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I, right after high school, I went to culinary school. I made my plan B in case everything falls through. Mm-hmm. And from there, I started working at places like the Ribbon Reef, Alcove, which is closed now, unfortunately, because of COVID. I even worked at Agricole, 
Um, I became a sous chef level cook. I denied um, sort of like um, titles because I was mm-hmm. like, I just don't feel like I had the palate for certain um, ethnic, uh, ethnic backgrounds. And I was just like, it's like, I feel like it should be an actual person of this background to be an actual chef. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Also, like representation, I think, is very important as well. Mm. So I, if I'm going to be hungry and uh, I'm going to eat delicious food, <laughs> even if it doesn't and that's a, I think that's a big misconception or you have to have really big ingredients no uh, you, not even no. not even you can uh, you can eat on cheap and really deliciously too what's your favorite thing to eat if you had to compose something right now really cheap real simple what would you do um honestly I'm very much that kind of guy uh, that looks in my fridge and just sees whatever I have and I make something out of it um I, I, I just hate wasting things. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever is in the fridge or whatever is in the pantry, I'll just do it. Um, most of the time, I'll just feel it. I'll, I'll actually feel things. When I, when I go grocery shopping, I'll just be like, I can taste that. I can taste that. Mm. I can taste all the different things. Uh, when I, Whatever's on sale, I'll be like, I'll, I'll use this. It's like recently it was papaya season and cantaloupe. So I was just like, it was like $2 a big thing. So <laughs> yeah. What is, your, what is your favorite thing about cooking? My favorite thing about cooking is it is exact science, but feeling exact science. Mm-hmm. That's what it is at the end of the day. Um, you're learning exactly how other things um, transform each other, like on a, such a molecular basis, but you can't even explain it. You just know how it would work. Um, and that's the, uh, to me, that's, that's kind of like magic. And it just like, doesn't make any sense that I, how would like uh, before I would use to actually like, um, let, like, weight things and mm-hmm. like um scale them now i just like i just i i'm just i can literally just sit in another room and just be like some some part of my my like my chest is like okay it's time to like flip this thing or whatever it is mm-hmm. i can honestly just like screw off and do something else and then come back and be like <laughs> okay i just needs to needs, needs to happen mm-hmm. yeah what is one of the hardest things about um for anyone that's like going into um culinary Mm-hmm. One of the hardest things about culinary, um, especially if you start working in a kitchen environment, uh, it's one thing to cook for yourself and your family because there is no pressure of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you work in a kitchen, I think the hardest thing is to realize is there is a lot of bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a shit ton of uh, people there. Like, yes, they're qualified to make great food, mm-hmm. but are they qualified to be a great teammate? Um, that's really debatable. And then it's really up to the chef to have a great, great organizational skill set and leadership set, which is, um, I think it's incredibly important. And that's made me realize that like, I don't want to be in that kind of setting because for for the most part, like 90% of the chefs that I've met do not have that skill set. They have a great name. The experience in eating there is great, but how the back of the house is run, the systems that are there and, and maintained is not it's not. It's all at the cost of the employee sanity, mm. and it's not good mm. for employer retainment. So, it's really bad. <laughs> uh, just prepare to to be prepared. <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> Got to know what you're doing. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. And once oh. you're out of the kitchen, uh, the culinary school, you're just at the at the start. It's just you're just at the start line. It's just graduating any program. You're just at the. You just took that program to get to the, to the start line. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Nice. Do you see yourself, I mean, knowing the fact that you've worked in, you know, several different kitchens, um, you got a passion for food here, obviously. Like, do you see yourself in the near future or later on in the future opening up your own little, like, I mean, restaurant, little food gig there? Um, you know? But you at the helm, of course, you know? No, not that I can see of. Um mm-hmm. It's quite difficult nowadays. I can't, yeah. it's, especially with ha- what happened with COVID and all. Mm, and um, yeah. I just don't see that happening. Um, I just, it's not, maybe something catering. Uh, for the most part, I, mm-hmm. I would just, just do catering on the small on the side. Nice. And also um, just big family meals for my friends and I. That's, and I, that's it. That's all I can think of in the near, in the near future at least. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. Um, tying this over into 
um, what comes next, which is you know your your career as a youth worker, you know. And I know you, you said you don't see yourself as you know jack of all trades. Melvin, you're kind of a jack of all trades here, you know. <laughs> um, but um, I remember, I think it was summer 2019, where, uh, and you and I did 3:30 with Diane Fulton, and then on one of the days in the afternoon, um, as you work at the the Westmount uh, YMCA Teen Zone, mm-hmm. I remember walking in, and you were just cooking up a storm, man. You know, like I see you there doing your thing, you know, and uh, I came a. Uh, it came to my understanding, you know, that there was cooking there, you know, as one of the activities, mm-hmm. right? And I couldn't help but feel that, like, Melvin's got his hands, you know, in that. You know, mm-hmm. he's probably leading these guys, you know, the, the youth of that uh, facility, you know. And it, it's also what w- that was the case this past year, 2020, um, over Zoom, correct? You know, where you were leading certain cooking classes for, for the teens. Is that right? Yeah, I did a few virtual cooking programs. I find it's a stable program at the Westmont Teen Zone. And um, pretty, I, I just, I learned cooking for myself and for my loved ones. And I figured out, like, I want to build a, it's like, I wanted to build a capacity in them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to learn how to feed themselves and the people that they love. And uh, right. and I thought that's an important, very important skill set that, that I feel like schools don't really teach you. And there comes a lot with that. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're learning, it's small little, th- you're small, you're learning logistics on a small scale when you grocery shopping, mm-hmm. you're learning how to like, you organize things and it's like what goes out first, what comes in, uh, what comes out, what goes out first, what, how to storage things. So you're learning a bunch of small logistics and you're also learning like different like palettes about like your, your the people that you love, you're learning more about them. So you're, you're, just, you're also learning key technical skills in terms of like I said before, you're learning the magic of, of, of science without knowing the numbers of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I think that's an important skill set to learn there. And also eating together at the end of the day, it's like it, it, makes, it creates for a really good environment for you to just sit down and talk. Um, you know, you can't, it's hard to be angry with somebody that you're eating with. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm having eating something delicious. Like, I fucking hate you, you know? It's so good, you know? Like, yeah, it is. You know? Also, it was a great program that I, actually, a bunch of the teens just admitted to me that they would only come on Fridays because they knew there would be like a bunch of food there. And uh, I was like, I was thinking, like, why is it like our, one of our best days on Fridays? And we'd have like 20 kids. <laughs> they would just come by and just be like, oh, no, it's cooking. Let's go, let's go, let's go. But they would all help. They would all cook and they would all clean. So, and that's really, I think that's really cool of them. Mm-hmm. That's big, man. And mm-hmm. just to explore more into um, your, your work there. So how did you, how did you come by this position? You know, like, what, what was there an inspiration behind it? Is something you always wanted to do? Let's hear it. Well, it all started when I started working in a summer camp uh, all the way back when it was like, I think it was like 2012 or so. Uh, it was called Trails and Camp and it was like a, a summer job from my, uh, a reference from the community recreation leadership training program and it's pretty much it's a non-profit that runs summer camps for uh, kids who are more youth at risk um and then from there i was just like i ended up loving the fact that i was just like helping these kids and having just a great summer and making something memorable and uh, helping them find what they like and, and making friends and i was like that's super cool i wish i had this as a kid and then from there um i did i, I did because of the program I started doing and this love from summer camp, I started doing an internship at the YMCA NDG. Nice. And um, I started running a small cooking program because I already had a culinary background there. And I just ran it as a culinary program because like, I just wanted to like show off my cooking. And I can't, well, at that point, that was a different point in my life. And, and then slowly it started turning into, it's like, oh, I'm building capacity. And I think that's a really cool thing. And it's like not only that you're learning these skills, you're also learning – other little things about yourself and others and how you treat them. And then I sort of like slowly transitioned out of cooking and started being more into youth work. And I just loved, I started subbing there. And then once an opening came at Westmount, they like, they referred me to go there. And I was like, absolutely. I loved, I love it. And the kids there are phenomenal. They're amazing. And I'm really proud of them. Um, And now just about to finish another chapter in my life. Um, I guess we'll call this one the end of COVID and, <laughs> and graduation <laughs> of university. And so the next step. That's awesome, man. I love that. And you're, you're absolutely right. You know, that particular center, you know, the 
um i think i've mentioned it you know um i volunteered there you know that's where i met melvin uh back in 2019 or 2018 i think you were subbing one time but then funny enough i'm pretty sure like you forgot because that's where we met and then i oh like, yeah kinda i, I didn't know who you were you. i was just like i was like <laughs> dude who, who is this guy sometimes we'd have some weird people come in and oh, I bet, <laughs> it's like I'm like oh. this guy can't volunteer here anymore <laughs> <laughs> he's got a beard he's six foot one you know <laughs> can't like, let the no. kids swear like that no 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 no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny it's like a volunteer and then i remember like oh shit like i mean um i remember seeing seen you like in the hallway at hsc or something like that and like oh hey melvin it's good to see you and you're like yeah what's up my guy you know and i'm thinking i don't think he remembers <laughs> me what's up my guy <laughs> buddy we all remember how we want to okay just let me tell the story <laughs> you know and then we like i think you you we realize you know we i think you realize rather okay when i have walked in in 2019 knowing that we were already taking 330 I am like, oh shit, Alan, you volunteer here. I'm like, yeah, you know, I met you last year. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's because you meet so many faces, universe. You do. It's very hard to make it a personable experience and a memorable experience. I'm not saying you're not memorable. It's just I didn't have <laughs> the opportunity I hear really you, to man. get to know you. That's what I, that's a, that's a huge thing. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I oh, don't be, don't be, don't be. You know, when this whole thing is done, you know, we'll all get together, you know, sing Kumbaya, you know, check in with each other, right? And have a great time, you know? Cool. <laughs> and you take the photo to remember it. You know? But uh, just uh, moving on, you know, just currently knowing that this past year was, you know, it was tough on all of us and in particular, you know, uh, youth, you know, to several extensions. Um, I just want to explore with you, you know, just to go into some of the challenges, you know, that are currently facing youth, uh, you know, especially in regards to COVID. And just to, you know, just to hear what you've witnessed, you know, um, mm. and, and the greater scale and going deeper down to some of the n- more nitty gritty issues. Um, and the, the, I guess, you know, the type of interventions and how you've basically helped to facilitate a supportive environment for them, knowing that times have been tough. Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely one of the big things I think we all are experiencing. Um, just, I think it's a big thing to remember that like with, with youth, especially between the ages of like, of well, just general adolescence, every emotion is amplified. I find um, they're like for, they may seem exaggerated to us, but they're real. They're real to them. Mm-hmm. Um, those feelings are very powerful, and it can lead you to some very very dark places. Especially mm-hmm. if you feel alone and isolated, and you're forced to be with a family that you don't want. And the teen zone was a place was a second home for them to really get away from all of that. It was a sort. It was a. It's like sometimes it's like one of those. It's a really one of those social support systems that really helps them go through the day. And they would rather spend stay there till 8 o'clock versus them staying and milking every single second. I'm like, bro, it's like 8.01. You have to get out. Like, you know? <laughs> but um, it's definitely like isolation and trouble at home, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially if they don't have a good relationship with their parents or so. I'm not going to drop any names or anything like that. Uh, absolutely not. But um, it's easy to get lost in that. and. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of time, but I will admit, um, there are a lot of tempting things out there in the world. Like, there's a lot of things they can abuse and then become addicted to. Um, you can develop certain behaviors that are not really, like, healthy for you. So, just being there and checking in on them, I think it's a very, 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 very powerful thing. And very useful social service that I think uh, there should be more invested in. Just, yeah. It's my two cents on things. Yeah, no, no, that's... Uh... Uh, that's great, and I I can feel that just you know coming off of you like I mean that I mean, not that you wouldn't care, but you know like y- you have that you know, and it's like a very warm feeling, and I've seen you interact with them, and you know it's it's so lovely to see that they look up to you, you know, I mean that they're they're genuinely happy, you know, to be where they are, and that they understand, and they most definitely and probably feel that you know this is a good place. I'm I'm here. I can be me, you know, you know, and Melvin's there, you know. He's looking after us, you know, like, I mean, of course, I mean, they get out of hand, like you tell them or whatnot as well. But uh, when 
discussing, you know, those such issues like the ones that you just mentioned, you know, what's important to keep in mind, you know, I mean, for anyone, you know, whether you are a youth worker, uh, a parent or someone that just re- recognizes a, a teen or rather adolescents youth in distress, what's important to keep in mind for those discussions? I mean, just because you're an adult or you're older than them doesn't make you any better than them. I think there's a lot of times where it's like you should respect your elders, you know, mm-hmm. that's always a big saying, but a lot of times we I think we've all felt that there's a moment where it's just like, it's like you don't understand how I'm feeling. You're just you're just repeating a title, and you're just saying like I'm older than you. I'm your mom. I'm I'm your dad. I'm your whatever. You know, it's, or it's just like I have a certain position that makes me a bit better than you. It's like, uh, you know, it's like I think like a lot of the time it's just like, dude, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. It's like, tell me how you feel and let me help understand what you're going through. And I, it's like. It's like you have, you're not, you're not in the, I know it's not, it seems like a very frustrating or like crazy place right now, but I think I've been there before too. And they're going to be like, for you? <laughs> <laughs> and then that's, that's a key turning point. Yeah. And yeah. it's like small little pivots like that. And, um, and just small moments to gain their trust and not, not in a necessary I wouldn't even say necessary. I, not in any manipulative way, mm-hmm. but you just want to create a bridge of understanding because you want to develop that relationship. A lot of times, like kids just don't have a hard time developing relationships, and that's completely mm-hmm. understandable. Like the whole point of like social media is just connect with people, and that's well, why they, where are they spending all their time there? Mm-hmm. So coming into the center in person, it's just like it's like that. But you're actually making a connection, even if I'm like. <laughs> I'm, uh, although I am paid to be there, it is like I do enjoy my time and I generally like do care. And I tell them like you can definitely reach me um, at, on Instagram. It's, uh, it's just like I'm here to talk any time of the day, even 3 a.m. Whatever it is, you let me know what's up. And so um, just just knowing that someone's there for you, even just one person, and I think that's I think they'll realize that and they're like it's like there's hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I think that's very key, you know, and it's very supportive of you to have that. Um, in regards to support, you know, um, uh, it's very important, you know, to hear that, you know, those very, uh, <clears throat> the, the fragile perspectives of where they're all coming from. But, you know, just to, you know, look on the more plus side, you know, what's, you know, in every day, you know, look like for you there, you know, what's the, what type of environment do you try to facilitate for them? Well, pretty much I try to recreate a home setting. That's pretty much what I try to do as best I can. Is that uh, you take like Maslow's needs, take care of all of those first, and then you want to build an environment for them to self-actualize. Um, that's pre- primarily what you do there. Uh, what I try to cater to. So I try to figure out what they like and what they want to do, and um, I help them achieve that. And that's pretty much I, I try to do when I'm there. If if it's for my kids, I personally at the moment, they're very low maintenance. So just just getting away and even a small escapism is good is a good environment mm-hmm. for them. Uh, of course, it's not a, it's not a permanent solution, but sometimes you gotta you gotta have temporary solutions for long, for a long term solutions, you know. So until you get the the you can figure out the right answer for them, mm-hmm. it's a case by case situation. Most definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Do you see yourself, you know, pursuing, you know, further studies or wanting to do more work um, in, in youth work in, in that realm later on? Definitely. Or? Um, I well, I had a dream before was to open up my own community center. Oh. Ah. Well, yeah. Let's hear this I, dream. I wanted to, I wanted to to have a network of actually uh, a network of like sort of like YMCA Kono Fitnesses kind of thing mm. uh, throughout the Philippines. Nice. So it's like every single village, every single borough has sort of like an Econo Fitness kind of thing. Nice. Um, where you just show up, you have like a member, like a low fee membership, and you can just do it. You can just go, and uh, and that's it. It's like you have every, you have all your memory, you have your, all all your programs. And it's like leisure is a place where you find all your values. You know, so mm-hmm. what do you do outside of work? Is what really like helps you find who you are and, and how you mm-hmm. spend that time. And, it's, and I think that's a, it's a hard thing for people in our program is because, like, all of our, um, it's like, I know there's, like, leisure therapy, like, therapeutic recreation and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like it's, it's a very broad spectrum, but you're helping people build values. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's where the therapy comes from. Mm. And um, emphasizing how important that is for them. And 
where these kids come, that is the, that is their leisure time. That is the That's time they choose yeah. to be free. And you, you should you should in, uh, enable that environment to feel free. So that's there we go. <laughs> Dude, that's a sick dream. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's uh, what's the next step in making it happen? At the moment, uh, just getting through this COVID. Um, I'm just I'm, I'm, I know I have to leave the CSU soon because I'm no longer an undergrad student there at Concordia. So definitely the next step is to find a more permanent job in the financial safety. Mm-hmm. And as well as, um, yeah, that's pretty much my next step. And then we'll figure things out from there. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. That is a great dream, though, you know, mm-hmm. and that's big. You know, um, we had Ron on, you know, for one of our episodes and he said something that uh, um, I, I think most of us, you know, can you know feel inspired, you know, or feel like, you know what, that that, that makes sense. And he goes, um, if you can, you know, see your whole dream, you know, then, you know, it's um, it's not big enough, you know, or oh, wait, 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 I'm fucking it up. Luca, how did it go? I thought you had it actually pretty solid. That's how it went. No. Yeah. Okay. Think, pretty I think, sure. I think you got it spot on. I think so. All right. Okay. Ron, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, you know, but like I wasn't entirely sure. But or, long story or, yeah, short. It's, a, it's, a, it's along those lines. It's along those lines, you know. But that sounds, that's huge, man. That's huge. You know, the fact that you see this, you know, back, uh, you know, with your, um, uh, in the Philippines, you know, to implement such a program and you see not not one or two, you see all communities here, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, I think that's so fantastic, you know, because um, uh, health, you know, is, a I mean, fitness is a big part of one's health, mental health, uh, their well-being, you know, and the leisure, of course, too, you know, uh, picking up on that. Um, and implementing, you know, all those other, you know, community, you know, based initiatives, you know, and tying that together. Wow. You know, so I see that. I see that for you. And I see that like, I mean, just, I mean, exploding one day. And that's a beautiful thing about a community center is that a community center is um, how it it gets all its programming is based on the the needs and wants of that community. That's right. Each center, every center is completely different. And that's the thing I appreciate about the YMCA Mm -hmm. is that every single YMCA has different programming for their needs for their yes. community's mm-hmm. needs mm-hmm. and i and also it's kind of saturated in montreal because there's so many community centers everywhere uh originally i wanted to do it in montreal but it's like it's way too many of them already so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's too much competition and and then sometimes with too much competition it takes away you know fair enough i hear that i hear that but like you already have an ideal location where you want to work do you i mean before covid um i imagine you have family back in the philippines or did you visit them regularly or oh last time i went was in 2016 okay it was a while ago we usually try to go back every five years or so i think mm-hmm. we're, we're due to uh, due time but you know with covid going on i don't think it's the safest thing mm-hmm. so. mm-hmm. that's a good idea man keep it up keep it up you know and once it explodes, we'll have you back, man. You know, you tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to picture at the moment, but we'll see how it goes. No worries. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have one more question for you, mm-hmm. my good sir. Yeah. Are you ready? It's a big mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Huh? It's going to blow your pants right off. Oh, my God. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that show. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So no, but like in all seriousness, you know, so seeing that you're a person of many talents, you know, and you are a very talented person, Melvin, um, mm-hmm. what would you recommend to those out there in regards to balancing several careers, you know, especially if you're driven by all of these passions, you know, so where is the, where is that, you know, act where you are able to juggling so many things at the same time? Well, it's for me is definitely like, the biggest takeaway from doing a bunch of things mm-hmm. is having like a solid plan. Um, make a solid plan, whether it's five years, three years, one years. I think you should make a plan for five year, three year, even ten years down the road. And um, of course, things are never going to go as they pl- as you plan, but it's a good guideline. Mm-hmm. It's a good guideline for you to not get lost, and it helps. It helps develop a plan. That helps you um, make good decisions. That's the whole point of making a plan. It's to help guide your decision making. And if you have a good plan and you know what you want, um, that's why I really do admire people who travel. It's because when mm-hmm. they, they decide on traveling, every decision that they make, you 
and especially if somebody who has a goal, you can always understand their their, their way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh wait, uh, I would invite them, but you know, I would invite them to go out tonight. But it's like I know they're trying to save up to go travel. So if we're gonna do something with them, let's do something low key. Yeah, uh, that's not too expensive, or whatever it is. Or we're not gonna smoke a J here because yeah, I know he doesn't. He's he's he works at a center where he gets over addictions. So we're not gonna. So you know, it's whatever. <laughs> So right. just have a good plan. And honestly, Google Calendar is your best friend. Um, and make a to-do list every day and do the most important things that you can every day. Yeah. Like have that. a really powerful morning routine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's perfect, man. You know, have a plan. I like that. Mm-hmm. And have a plan on top of a plan. <laughs> you should have a plan every day. <laughs> Fair enough. You heard it from Melvin. All right. So, um... Uh, I don't know if you if you heard a few of the episodes, but we do have a little tradition here at the end of every single one mm-hmm. where we kindly ask our guests to say a few magic words. I don't know if you, uh, you're familiar with them. All right. You want me to say it? I'll say it right now. Let's go. When you're ready. We are Alpha Relations, driving change forward. <laughs> Amazing. That was fantastic. Right. Melvin, uh, thank you for coming on. You know, like I know when I originally said, like, yo, you want to come on and be a guest? Like, what are we going to talk about? I'm just like, don't you worry. I got to plan down. And I wanted to have you on because, like, I mean, because you're, you're a very creative person, you know, mm-hmm. and you're always doing something and you you are doing a lot, you know, within several different types of communities, you know, and that's what that's what it's about. You know, you, you implementing and being a part of um, many different processes, you know, different systems, as you know, we all are familiar with that. And that's a lot of change happening, you know, and that's the that's all we're here to do, just to spread that message and to spread, you know, your good work. So, my good sir, thank you for coming on absolutely thank you yeah thank you all right big boy luca go for it oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah the best part (laughs) you know that was a great episode i think by exploring all the different avenues it gave it i think just like a little bit or there's always something to take from every avenue that we got to explore i think the listeners are gonna have some piece of advice or something from all the different paths we went through mm-hmm. and be able to take something with them so that was really great and powerful i thought um thank you once again melvin for coming on the podcast <laughs> like always thank you. Thank, you, thank, you, thank you if you're on youtube hit that subscribe button turn on post notifications if you're on our platforms turn <laughs> hit that follow button thank you all for listening peace out bye bye, bye.